Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, a weekly coaching clinic you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome back to the coaching staff, episode number 17. It's 17, isn't it, Tony? I believe that's right. It's 17, okay. Uh, episode 17. Uh, with my main man, Mr. Tony Devis, out of the CR, the Rapids, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, the eastern half of the state, uh, just north of Iowa City. Uh, Coach Viss and I are going to talk a little scouting here tonight, scouting philosophy, what we do to scout, uh, how we prepare for games, how we prepare our teams for games, and everything that goes into that. So uh, Tony and I have been catching up for about 15, 20 minutes before we even started recording here. I don't know if we have anything left to talk about. Actually, we didn't talk any scouting. We were talking about our own teams before we got going. So um, Tony, you know, how you doing, man? Doing well, you know yeah. it's forty degrees here in the middle of December. Uh, I feel like we've we've moved south for the winter here. <laughs> you're you're you you are a grandpa. You could be a snowbird. I'm thinking about it here soon. <laughs> <laughs> I dare you to show up on Tuesday's game with black socks and sandals. Uh, I, I, maybe black socks. I don't think I'll probably have the sandals on. <laughs> and a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> a little. Little sunscreen on my nose, yeah. <laughs> a cabana hat, you know. <laughs> oh, we have lost everybody. We're only ninety seconds into the podcast. Oh, that's awesome. That's when you so. know you're talented. <laughs> oh, <laughs> excuse me. Oh, still got the cough from COVID. Um, all right. Hey, well, let's get going before we lose anybody else here, Tony. Let's talk a little bit about scouting and uh, what you do. I'll, I'll let you lead on this one here tonight, Tony. Um, prep it now. I, I'm sure your prep is a little bit different that you're coaching at a lower level now. So probably going back to your varsity head coaching days uh, would be a little bit more in line with this. I, I'm guessing you do a little bit of scouting. Um, just, you know, especially when you're playing like city opponents and things like that, uh, or the second time around, but, uh, you know, just what's your philosophy on it, Tony? How do you do it? How do you put together a game plan so forth and so on? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. Um, you know, I remember back in the good old days, I'll start with one of those things where you go out in person a lot, you know, and then all of a sudden, uh, we come over here over a decade ago and they got this nice little thing called huddle. And so, uh, we have membership in it at the varsity level, at the sophomore level, and so sophomore, it's not required, uh, but I do watch quite a bit of film uh, with with the huddle and, and go through and break teams down. Now, is it as detailed as what it was a handful of years ago? Not as much. Mm-hmm. You know, to be honest with you, it was probably a little bit of paralysis by analysis, you know, five, yeah. ten years ago in, in terms of the depth of the scouting report I would go into. Now, I try to keep it about a page and a half. Um, I usually start off, list the players that we're going to see. Um, you know, talk about size, what hand they are. Um, stats are not required at our level. Uh, you know, when I was coaching girls and it was, we would provide those stats, you know, percentages from three, percentages oh, from yeah. two, from the quick stats that stuff. site. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that probably led to a little bit longer scouting reports. Uh, but, you know, we used to talk about, you know, are they a shooter? Are they a driver? Uh, you know, different, different specifics that we want to do them out of our defense and things like that. Um, then I get into miscellaneous is what I call label a category. This is what they run offensively, primarily defensively. I'll be honest. You know, I probably could say this about every team that we play half court, man. Uh, we really don't get pressed a lot. We really don't see a ton of zone. Um, 
you know, and so it seems like about every team that we see, we see half court, man. And then I go into my diagrams and mm-hmm. I try, you know, to diagram most everything. But at the same time, if it's a team that runs a ton of sets, I'm not going to sit there and do that to 15 and 16 year olds because their attention span and all that good stuff's not going to allow them to stay that long with it. And we'll walk through their press break because we press and we'll talk about where their motion and actions coming from and their out of bounds plays and what we want to do against them and, and those types of things. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the gist of it. And then we take that like tomorrow, we'll get ready a little bit further for our opponent on Tuesday. And so they'll have their scouting reports when we, get ready to go. We've got everything up on our Google classroom right now, except for the diagram. So they'll get the hard copy of the scouting report tomorrow with the diagrams in it. And then in practice tomorrow, we'll walk through what we want to do. Now we leave uh, Tuesday at three forty-five. we get out of school at two fifty. So I give them some time to run around a little bit, make sure they got their uniforms and all that good stuff. But normally we would do a shoot around the day of, and we would walk through it a little bit more mm-hmm. on those on those days as well. Yeah. Uh, when you were a varsity head coach, uh, just typical game. Now, I'm not talking like districts and state and that type of thing where you just go blind, you're watching so much film. But but typical, you know, December 13th game, uh, how, many, how many films are you watching per team? We'd probably break down two to three, uh-huh. you know, this time of the year because there's not a ton out there. I know mm-hmm. girls right now, they're getting ready to start their sixth week. Um, I, I think our team has played at Kennedy. I think our varsity girls have played four or five games. And so depending upon the matchups, like with girls, there were more variety of defenses and there were teams that played kind of similar to us. And so I would watch teams that played similar to us to see what, you know, teams would do against that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it would be about two to three films. Yeah, that's that's about where I, you know, I try to get in at least three films per team. Um, you know, for, for most of the duration, I, I think if you get any more than three or, you know, if you really push it, like if it's a big regular season game, you know, it's going to be a big game for districts or, you know, that type of thing, you know, then you, you know, you maybe throw in a fourth or whatever. Now again, postseason play, you, you know, you're, 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 you're getting a, as much as you can. Uh, and I, and I get that. Uh, but like you said, you know, you don't want to have that paralysis by analysis, um, and, and you don't want to overthink it as a coach either. I, I, I think there's a point where you get to with that. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So right now we're we're looking at about a three films per team. Um, the team we play on Tuesday night uh, was able to see three films on them. Um, what we do, it's a little bit different. Um, we actually we have a we have a blank form that we give all of our kids, and uh, they are required to fill out the scouting report. So we we have them write down everything uh, in the belief that if they write it down, they're going to remember it more than rather than looking at a piece of paper. And, and here's, here's that. So uh, we have, uh, we have uh, four or five categories that we have for the players. Um, we have uh, Curry's. Uh, which are you know dead shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, Giannis's; those are drivers. Yep. Um, we have Durant's, which are just all around studs. And, and we mm-hmm. save the, the Durant for uh, the best of the best. Like we don't put a kid in the Durant category lightly. 
in any way, shape, or form. Uh, we have Giannis's, we have Embiid's, which are our post players, and then at the end, uh, we have the Plums. Uh, those are the kids that you don't guard, you know. <laughs> And, uh, you know, poke a little fun at myself. Um, I thought you'd make fun of Kelsey Plum. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. My, my cousin is much better than I. So, uh, no, we're not related, folks. So, um, and, and then underneath that, um, so, you know, we have about 20 boxes there. You know, Curry, Durant, Giannis, Embiid, Plum. And there's about four boxes underneath each one. So, you know, there's room for 20 kids on there. Uh, and then under perimeters, we have our different things. Um, you know, Kawhi's are our big face guard um, and big helps off of, you know, if we need a big help off of somebody. And that'd be like a plum uh, mm-hmm. that we're going to big help. Um, are we looking to force any kid any certain direction? And then our posts, uh, who are, you know, do we need to double somebody? Do we not need to double somebody? Um, and then we have a little box there for additional personnel information. And that's the first thing we start off with is personnel information. Um, hey, we've got to keep number 15 away from catch and shoots. Do not let her get catch and shoots. Don't let number three get to the middle of the floor off dribble penetration, you know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then we go down to our base offense, uh, and we, or we go over the offensive stuff for the opponents so their base offense concepts you know what's you know they're running flex okay we got to get through the flex screens or we you know whatever uh set plays baseline out of bounds plays sideline out of bounds plays um and, and we just we just hit the highlights with all of that there and then we get into our matchups so uh you know bria you've got number 12 uh maddie you've got number 14 you know so forth and so on then our starting press and our starting half-court defense. What are we going to start in? So everybody knows what we're going to start the game in defensively. Then on the back side of the sheet, uh, we have full-court defense, uh, the strengths of their full-court defense, the weaknesses of their full-court defenses, same thing with their half-court defenses. Uh, if we need a press break, what plays are going, we going to run a lot, perhaps? Now, right now, we only have like four or five plays in, so that's a pretty thin list. Uh, in theory, by February, we should have seven, eight plays. So we're going to say, Hey, we're going to run a lot of Richmond and a lot of Louisville on Friday night. So be ready for that. Be, you know, and, and that helps them get that tuned in. Um, and then at the end of it, we talk about the, the four keys of the game and, and we have you know, what, what are the four keys to tomorrow night's game? Um, want to know more about a pen and a napkin and all the resources it offers? Go to a pen and a napkin.com, a great resource for any coach at any level. In addition to our A Pen and a Napkin University video library options that are available to order, we have hundreds of pages of notes, from one-page handouts to book breakdowns to original coaching notes. We also have coaching links, a full catalog of every A Pen and a Napkin podcast, and ways to contribute to the growth of A Pen and a Napkin. Appenandanapkin.com is a coaching resource that will help you become a better coach. Do you, do you watch a lot of film with your guys, Tony? You know, we don't, we, we allow them, they have access to huddle. They all have an account. And so if I want to see how much film they're watching, I can check and look at that with them. Mm -hmm. Um, But we kind of do baby steps with them. We're like freshmen. There's no scouting report. They don't do any of that stuff with them. And then I get them and there's more scouting reports than they, you know, they're they're used to. Mm -hmm. And then as they go up with John, then John does more of the film stuff with them. We Mm -hmm. try to give them baby steps as they go along with us. Gotcha. We probably watch clips of about half the teams that we play. Um, we don't do it with everybody. Tomorrow, 
Uh, we're filming this uh, Sunday night. Uh, tomorrow, when getting ready for our game on Tuesday, we're actually going to go back and watch some clips of Friday night's game. Because I feel like it's more important to take a look at ourselves and what we need to do better than it is to worry about who we're playing on Tuesday. For us, at this mm-hmm. time. Um, and, and then, so what we do at that point in practice, and we'll be doing this tomorrow, is we leave my classroom and we go down, and I actually got this uh, from Coach McDermott at Creighton. Um, he takes. Uh, he, he was really cool. I, I was. I was down there one day, and I've known Greg for a while. And he was like, "Hey, you want to come in? We're going to go through the scouting report." And I'm like, "Well, yeah, of course." You know. And uh, they went in. They watched some film. And then Greg did a really unique thing. And and Tony, I've you know been coaching 25 years at this point. It never dawned on me what they did is they left their film room and they walked right out. And then they walked through all the important things that they saw on film right away. So they went from they went from looking at it on film to then walking through it two minutes later. I was like, that that's that's so smart. That's a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, that's so smart. I feel dumb right now. It's so simple. <laughs> why you know why didn't I think of that? And so we've done that. Uh, since I came to Fort Calhoun, is we will leave my room, whether we watch film or not, we'll come in and we're going to walk through the three or four really important things that we think is important for them to know about uh, the team that we're playing. You know, uh, the other night on Friday, we're playing a team and they ran a lot of double stagger screens. And so we went through their two or three main sets and, okay, girls, this is the double stagger. And they're going to come off it like this. And, and, and those are the things that we went over there. And then we go through practice. And, um, and then at the end of practice, we walk through their, their baseline out-of-bounds plays and sideline out-of-bounds plays and anything else that we think we need to address uh, with the kids there at the end of practice. Uh, and in between then, obviously, we're probably going against a scout team for 10 or 15 minutes in our shell drill, emphasizing the stuff that we need to, to emphasize before that. So, uh, Now, Marty, with your scout team, is that players in your program, or do you have a group of guys that, that come in? Uh, it's, it's players within our program. Um, you know, our school's not big enough to do something like that. Have you done that before? When I Yeah, when I was the girls' coach, we had a group of guys, you know, boys players that for whatever reason decided they didn't want to play anymore but were pretty athletic they would bring them in and mm-hmm. i felt like it really helped us and one of my assistants would be you know when we were going through our early stuff would be with them on a side court taking them through what we were getting ready for them to run against us and it mm-hmm. just worked out pretty slick mm-hmm. um we what we'll do a lot of times tony is we'll say um Okay, we're gonna run our stuff, but uh, you know, Simone, you're number fifteen, and so uh, what we did last week is, you know, Simone was number fifteen, and we put a white jersey on her, and everybody else is in, you know, let's say the the varsity's in black, and the and the scout team's in orange, and some, but Simone's got the white on to say, hey, we can't lose her, you know, here's here's the kid we we have to find. Um, I know another thing that. Uh, and again, a little bit different budget at, at Creighton than there is at uh, Fort Calhoun. Uh, but another thing that Coach Mack did is uh, they have like uh, jerseys that they could take and, and they'll put, you know, number 32 is 
MacGuffin from DePaul, and 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 so they can they can identify the numbers of the players, and they and they just velcroed them on there, which I thought was a really cool idea as well, uh, to to help out with that. And uh, but that's that's kind of what we do. We you know we 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 don't have the opportunity to really teach our kids you know the flex. We're going against you know whomever, and they're running the the, the flex. Uh, we don't have that chance to do that. Our, our kids, uh, just don't, we just don't have enough time to, to implement yep. that type of stuff. But what we try to do is we try to take our stuff and, and, and adjust it for those 15 minute sessions of, you know, here it is. So, um, is there such a thing, Tony, as, as spending too much time on the opponent? I think so. You know, uh, you were talking through how you were going to watch your Friday game rather than, the other because it's more about you and it reminded me you know reading through john wood and stuff and again i know i'm dating myself a little bit there by by bringing coach wooden up but he never scouted never scouted an opponent he always focused on what they were going to do because he felt that was more impactful and i think sometimes you know if a team runs you know 20 25 different sets you know you're not going to know all 20 25 different sets Correct. if they run 10 to 15 different out of bounds plays Again, you can't do that. You're going to have smoke rolling out their ears and you've lost them. Mm -hmm. You know, with today's attention spans, you have to teach in sound bites, not in paragraphs. And so, yeah, I think you can, you can definitely put too much in there. Yeah. And I think a a thing that I really took, uh, you know, watching football is just narrowing it down to basic concepts. You know, like with our game on Friday, we got to take away double staggers for this kid. They're they're going to run her off a bunch of double stagger screens. You got to get through the double stagger screens. You got to help out with that. Um, was was our big thing on Friday night, um, and and I think you know tomorrow, you know on Tuesday night, uh, tomorrow we're just going to talk about ball fakes and strong passing. You know that's that's everything that it has to go. And then on defense, we can't let them in the lane. If they hit jump shots on us, they hit jump shots. Who cares? Uh, but we can't let them get in the lane and we can't let them get offensive rebounds. We're not going to get into some big, deep thing. You know, those are the things that we have to hammer into them just to simplify it so that they understand, okay, tonight it's all about no lane and rebounding. Uh, Friday night it was all about getting through double staggers and not having any jump shots from this one player. You know, that type of a thing. And and I think when you when you spend too much time on the opponent, you're also – you only have so much time and you're taking away time from what your team needs to do that they're already have been working on that you need to be better at instead of working, worrying so much about what Cedar Rapids Jefferson is, is going to be doing against you. So uh, is that kind of way you address it to Tony? I would, I would agree with that. You know, I've heard different ones talk about like with timeouts. A lot of times coaches go into a timeout and they've got six, eight, 10 things you've lost them. You've got to do two or three. And mm-hmm. so if you can focus on, you know, like you said, we want to do two, these two or three things for us. We want to focus on these two or three things that they do against us. And if you can get those, you're probably in pretty good shape. If you try to do 15, 20 things, you're not going to do any of them. Well, I, you know, it's one of those things. Do you want to be known for, you know, two, three, four things that you do excellent or 10 things that you do mediocre. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you are, putting together your your scout tony uh and, and you're getting your team ready to play and, and maybe we could do a, another pod on this but uh when you're when you're putting your team together or when you're getting ready for a game 
when do you talk about goals with your team of this is what we need to do game in game out above and beyond you know tonight we've got to take away the middle of the lane or tonight we've got to really not let him get to the glass or or anything like that uh, there are things you know that we, we talk about you know we have some things that we really focus on like right now we talk a lot about taking care of the basketball and you know we we give them right now because we're still early in the year 15 turnovers mm-hmm. and here pretty soon we're going to drop that number down to 12 and then we'll knock it down to 10 by the end of january and so we really talk about making sure you're making great decisions with the basketball you're faking the pass to make the pass you're meeting the pass you know then we go into rebounding we talk about with our rebounding you know our tallest guys like six two and mm-hmm. we're we're going to be the shortest team in about every game that we play but we talk about technique and physicality and we want to win the rebounding battle and so we'll set goals depending upon the team you know to try to out rebound them by 68 rebounds each mm-hmm. game and then we have numbers we want you know double figures offensive rebounds and we want to make sure that we don't give up double figures you know of offensive rebounds against us and so we'll hammer those things home mm-hmm. you know we talk about things like that and then defensively we have percentages that we want to give up you know in terms of first shot attempts we want them to make 25 percent or less we want to guard the three and keep them under 20 percent makes we don't want them to get the free throw line more than 10 times and so we have specific goals like that that we get into Mm -hmm. um yeah we have uh we have about six things on our scout that we want to emphasize every game so uh we say uh we will, and instead of we want to, we will allow 45 points or less every game. You know, if we feel like if we allow 45 or less, we we should have a great chance to win. Uh, We want to get 53% of all rebounds. Now, because we're not as big as the teams that I had at Scud, at Scud it was 58%. We wanted to get 58, uh, but we were bigger. Um, Mm -hmm. So we've got a kind of manage that a little bit more manage our expectations for that a little bit more uh we we will foul 16 or less times a game we Mm -hmm. will have less than 15 turnovers a game we will make more free throws than our opponent will attempt and we will shoot 40 percent or or better so we have basically we have the same three defensive goals so to speak and three Mm -hmm. offensive goals going into each game and we feel like if we hit a decent percentage of those if we hit three or four out of those six you know, we should win the game and, and win it pretty yep. convincingly. Yep. Now, Marty, do you remember who you got the We Wills from? Because I remember that, that and I'm trying to remember the coaching clinic where the person presented that. It might have been, might have been Coach Meyer, but uh, I, I think the We right. not, not not to not to pat myself on the back, Tony, but I think I did. I think I did the We Will uh, <laughs> thing. Uh, I think Bobby Knight had had some stuff like that too, where. You know, every game the goal was to hold the opponent under, you know, 60 points a game or whatever it was or, yeah. you know, that type of thing. So I'm guessing I've done it for so long, I don't remember where I got it from. Uh, it, probably a combination of different things. Uh, when I was at Scut, we actually had a list of about 10 or 11 different things. And that almost became too much. Like, we want to take two charges a game, uh, we, you know, and, and I forget everything that was on that thing. Um, I think when I was out for a couple of years, I think it was just better to simplify it down to, okay, three offense, three defensive things that we should be able to control pretty consistently. And if we do these things, and if we hit four out of these six, we should be in great shape. Um, 
So I think that's where that thought process came from. So um, anything else on scouting, Tony? You know, it just one of those things like, like we're talking about here, Marty, is the fact that you want to give them the, the I wouldn't necessarily say the bare bones, but you want to give them the, the key things, like you said, two or three offensive things that are due, two or three defensive things they do, talk through some of their special situations, out-of-bound plays, how you want to defend them. But I think it's one of those things where when you go into a scout, if you have a system, you have a culture in place, then you can just make some minor tweaks, and it's kind of the same thing every time, and you give them a lot better chance than a bunch of numbers and a bunch of diagrams and things in their head because if they're out there thinking rather than reacting they're a half step to a step slow and i think what you also need to think about is you need to do the same thing for every game uh when it comes to your scout um hey you know what guys uh we've got west high and coach Viss is like ah yeah just make sure you guard them you know well Kids aren't dumb. They're going to think West High sucks, you know. Yep. Or if you're playing West High and you usually give them a page and a half and now you've given them the Encyclopedia Britannica, um, they're going to be, oh, my God, this must be a huge game. And, you know, I, I think it's really, really important that if you have 25 games, you give 25 identical scouting reports, nothing to up, nothing to down. Uh, we don't want to – and, and – you know, we're we're fortunate. We're gonna we're gonna play some teams that are probably not as good as us this year, um, but we're still gonna treat them the same way that we have treated uh, the first four games of this season, where mm-hmm. we're we're going to prepare for every game, every opponent. It's going to be at the same level all the time, and I, and I think that's that's a big part of your job of being a head coach is being consistent. And we talk about being consistent with body language, being consistent with how we treat the kids, blah, blah, blah. This is something else that you need to be really, really consistent with. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, I've got a lot of different corny phrases through the years. One of the things we talk about is to respect everybody, but to fear no one. Yeah. And so I agree. It's one of those things. And you don't have to give them the scouting report that you have. Like you can, yes. you can take, your scatter report and pair it down for them. So it's about the same size. I mean, it's not a huge issue if, you know, in some team it's a page and a quarter and another team it's a page and three quarters or whatever, but it can't be, you know, a page on one team and five pages on another team Mm -hmm. that, that they'll pick up on. And I think with, especially as you get into the season, as you get into January, let's say, and there's 10, 12 games out there on every team you know, I, I I promise you, by the middle of January, I'll have uh, on some of our opponents, especially the ones that do a lot of different things, uh, I'll have 10, 12 pages of notes on each one of those teams. But what the with what the way I like, or one of the big reasons why I like doing things the way that we do it, is it forces me to simplify what I'm going to say to the kids by limiting it to the space that we have on that front back sheet of paper. So as I'm putting together how I'm going to communicate the scouting report, I it, it helps me because 
I'm a dork. I'm a basketball nerd. Uh, I could go over different options off the flex offense for hours with them, but I can't do that. And I and and part of that is purposefully put together to prevent me from screwing it up for the kids by putting too much in there. Um, and and I think that's something to be wary of as well. I would agree with that. You know, just it's like it's like teaching. You know. Mm-hmm. Could we sit here and talk about World War II for an entire semester? Most definitely. Absolutely. But we're going to go over it in several weeks. And it's the same thing you know, with a scouting report. Could I do a 10, 12, 15-page scouting report on every opponent? Yeah, probably could. But for the kids' sake, for the students' sake, it has to be condensed down in something that can give them an advantage without being kind of a burden around their neck that's slowing them down because they're thinking all the time, you know, they know, Hey, this girl's right. She likes to get to the rim. Um, you know, this kid's a catch and shoot, but she can't dribble very good. You know, if they line up in this set right here, they're going to come off a double stagger. I mean, you, you just have them some cheat things so that it gives them a, an advantage during the game. And that's all you're trying to do is help them and try to stay out of the way and, and not, not slow them down and harm them. Coaches, you know just as well as I do that we're always looking for new and different ways to motivate our players and programs. But sometimes it's hard to find that perfect source that we're looking for. Over the past 25 years, I've collected hundreds of handouts to help motivate my players and programs. And now I'd like to share some of my favorites with you. The A Pen and a Napkin 101 Best Handouts Booklet is now available to you for only $15. In this booklet, you'll find motivational material for all types of situations and individuals to help you communicate your values to your players and program. For ordering information, you can either DM me on Twitter or email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com for details. You know, Tony, it's kind of ironic that you were you brought up World War II there. Uh, we're actually in the middle of our World War II unit. Um, do you know in what continent World War II started? World War II started in, I would say, continental Asia. Asia? Well, yeah, but when did it truly become a world war? In what continent? Marty. <laughs> world War would have been... September 1st, say, 1939. World War I yeah. started... World War II started in what continent? Ni- okay, so it starts 1939. In what continent? In what continent? We will go with Africa. No. Tony, come on. United States. No. <laughs> Where are we going? There's with only seven mind? continents, and you said three of them. Well, the United States is not a continent. It's <laughs> North America. So we've hit three. Where did Adolf Hitler attack Poland? Adolf Hitler attacked uh, Poland. In what continent? Europe. I don't want to say much for the Cedar Rapids Kennedy administration. I thought you were trying to set me up for something. You're just trying to play your stupid music. <laughs> I think, yeah. I You've known me for about, 25 years. Was, you should know something stupid was, was coming up. I was thinking about when Japan attacked the Panay is what I, was think, what I thought you were getting to. No, no, I'm not that. I should have known you were trying to keep – you just trying to get to your music. Uh, I, I know. I know. I, I'm I'm disappointed. That I am disappointed not... myself too. Yes, yes, yes. Europe, 
Europe, the opening act for a pen and a napkin's third <laughs> annual coaches clinic, April 1st. Uh, just updating people. Uh, just contacted the manager of Steely Dan this week. We're hoping they can headline. Uh, so uh, keep your keep your ear low to the ground here. So April 1st. What about CCR? Uh, you know, uh, we, I, I sent him a fax. Uh, okay. You know, uh, tried to get a hold of them on their MySpace account, but haven't really got much of a response. So, <laughs> so, but it is time for trivia. It is time for trivia. I, I think Tony and I, I don't know, we've lost it. This kind of, this is kind of getting into the, uh, uh, what's that show? Whose line is it anyway? The points don't really matter anymore. That's uh, true. <laughs> so, uh, Mr. Viss, it is your turn to come up with a question. So, all righty. In honor of, Paul Silas, because he passed yeah. away today, and I know yeah. he's a Creighton grad. Yep. I have a Paul Silas trivia question. Okay. And I thought about doing how many points and rebounds did he average at Creighton because it was over 20 points and over 20 rebounds a game, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Yep. But then I thought I would connect it with another one. So here we go. Okay. Paul Silas and another NBA legend graduated from the same high school. What NBA legend went to the same high school as Paul Silas? And I'll give you a hint because this is a tough one. Yeah. He also is famous for being associated with the Boston Celtics. <sighs> oh, boy. Um, can you give me a state that he – what state was the high school in? If I give you that, it's going to give it away. Uh, so Paul Silas, I think, I want to say he was from like, was he from Kentucky? Larry Bird. Larry Bird is a great guess, but incorrect. Can I can I can I narrow it down to what decade of the Celtics? It's earlier than Larry Bird. Okay, I'll give you that. Um, so. I'm gonna go with not that. Uh, I'm gonna go with Bill Russell. You are correct. Yes, yes, and it counts. <laughs> oh, all right, hey, California, uh, out San Francisco area, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why I knew if I said California that you would, yeah, you would have got that in a heartbeat. All right. Well, hey. I only need two guesses this time around. So, all right. Impressive. Hey, thank you, Tony. Thank you. Uh, sporting. Much better than me trying to figure out <laughs> oh, what continent World War II started so you could get to Europe. But anyway. Did it involve uh, Thanos? Events. What's that? Did it involve Thanos? World War II. <laughs> II. <laughs> I had no idea what you were trying to get beyond. I thought you had some obscure thing and here i am giving you all kinds of credit and all you want to do is to play the final countdown uh go to sporting events yes Uh, world cup the semis this week yes tuesday wednesday that's that's the one that i'm looking forward to the most yeah so it's it's morocco against uh we have what's that morocco france isn't it yeah and then croatia argentina croatia wouldn't that be awesome if it was morocco and croatia that would be because yeah. Morocco has made it the furthest out of any uh, country from continental Africa. because yeah. They had never had a semifinalist before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would just be awesome 
to um, and you got to figure just the way sports works. One of those two is going to get through to take on, you know, the true David versus Goliath type of situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't know who that would be, uh, but uh, I, I, I just, I just got to believe that. But I think it'd be awesome if they both got through. I, I think that would be. I think it'd just be really cool to see them both get through. So, be like a breath of fresh air. Two teams that you, you know, nobody had in those situations. I don't know if many would have even had Croatia in the semifinals. I don't think anybody would have had Morocco, but Argentina and France were probably two of the biggest betting favorites going in. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. They they had to be way up there, you know, with the usuals, Brazil and. Yeah. Um, you know th- those type of squads. England, yeah. yeah, England, England would have been way up there for the for the betting purposes. Uh, you know, Portugal getting knocked out early. You know, Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, He's having some issue with uh, with him wanting to to be in there and start and all that good stuff and questioning his managers and. Not a good look for him right now. No, no, he's well. Didn't he have trouble with his club team too, Liverpool? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with, uh, or is it Man U? Sorry, yeah, I got my red. Yep. My team's in red, mixed up. So that's okay. Yeah, um, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that, that's what I'm looking forward to as well. Uh, we've got a game Tuesday night. We got a game Saturday. Our, our first, no, not not our first Saturday game. Our second Saturday game. Uh, we 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 uh, we wind up with a bang. Uh, we go Saturday, and then the following Monday and the following Tuesday, we have three games in Dang. four days right before the holiday break. So. Uh, we're going to have our hands full, starting to get a little healthier. Uh, looking forward to, uh, we are actually, probably the thing I'm looking forward to the most this week is on Thursday night, our, our son Carter is a manager for the South Dakota State women's team, and they are hosting defending national champion University of South Carolina up oh, wow. in Sioux Falls. And uh, it's hard for us to get up and watch a lot of the uh, Jackrabbit uh, women's games just because it's it's three and a half hours one way, uh, but we're making an exception. I, I can't thank my players enough. We're gonna have morning practice on Thursday morning. I asked them if I could be a dad for a night, uh, explain the situation, and and they were they were great about it. Uh, they said, "Hey, coach, yeah, we get it. That's no problem. Uh, we can go in the morning on Thursday." So uh, we're gonna go up and watch uh, Don Staley and uh, Boston and the defending national champion Gamecocks play and. And uh, hopefully it'll be a pretty good game. Uh, yeah, um, I respect that she's willing to go to and play at South Dakota. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's impressive on her part, too. I think she understands the responsibility that she has to grow the game and what this will mean to the, you know, to the home crowd and all that stuff. Yeah. And and South Dakota, you know, uh, you know, you get up in the South Dakota and, and, and northeastern Nebraska, you, uh, Minnesota. There's a lot of really, really good women's basketball, girls' basketball, high school basketball. It's 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 been sold out for a while. We were lucky we got our tickets early. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're scalping tickets for like 200 bucks or something like that. Dang. Yeah. So um, we're really looking forward to that. Hopefully the weather will cooperate. There might be some snow coming through. So we're kind of keeping our fingers crossed because Carter's back here in Omaha uh, because he's on Christmas breaks. But he's coming up. You know, we're, we're driving up on Thursday for it. So. Uh, yeah, we're just, we're just, uh, that's other than our, my games on, on Tuesday and Saturday. That's the, the, those are the, that's the big thing I'm looking forward to this week. So it'll be some cool experiences. Yeah. Yeah. should be really good. So, uh, anything else, Mr. Viss on any of our topics today? No, I thought, you know, I thought it was interesting to kind of talk through and and look at two different philosophies with, with scouting, Mm -hmm. you know, and 
the box things and having them fill it out. But I, you know, if you go back and take a look at the science, Marty, it definitely backs up, you know, rather than handing them paper, having them write it down, they're going to retain that much more likely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. And, and, you know, you, you brought up some good things about, you know, giving, you know, some of your kids, you can walk through it with them, but some of those kids, you know, you have, you have players that will look at the diagrams that you have written out for them and they'll understand that better than they will uh, walking through it. Uh, as well, so I, I, I think there's there just like with anything with this with this silly little game of ours, there's there's a lot of different ways to to do it. So uh, probably the last thing I've learned today is don't trust Tony with a roadmap because he's supposed to be in Europe and he'll he'll, he'll end up in South, South America somewhere. So yeah. uh, especially you know. Uh, historical tours might not be you know in your future, buddy. <laughs> no, I think I think when I retire, the, the historical tours are not going to be contacting me. <laughs> the Battle of the Bulge took place, uh, <laughs> sir. We're at Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. What does that have to do with anything? I don't know. Just, I like talking about the Battle yeah, of the Bulge. That's what they told me. <laughs> and by the way, have you guys ever heard of Europe? <laughs> Oh, that's funny. That's funny. All right. Well, uh, the coaching staff, episode 17, scouting, scouting principles, uh, stuff that you can think about implementing with your with your teams. Uh, obviously, if you have any questions on any of this stuff, you can email me at penandnapkin at gmail.com. You can direct message me on Twitter. Uh, you can direct message Tony on Twitter at Tony D. Viss. Uh, we're more than willing to answer any questions that you might have on anything that we talk about here. So, coaches, as always, let's be sure to hold our craft. One day.